0: You are listening to The Purpose of Money podcast, a podcast where we talk about ways to build wealth and create more freedom in your life today. I am your host, Aquania Escarne. Before I get started, I wanted to let you know that I'm launching two new group coaching programs starting in July 2022. Program one is for women ready to work on their personal finances and start building real wealth. We'll meet twice a month for three months. You'll get one-on-one financial support, which means we're going to go through your finances and figure out where your money's going. We're also going to discuss how to maximize your income now and how to improve your investing and retirement savings for later. Plus, you'll get access to me through an app and have a way to track your goals and progress all with an accountability group. Spots are limited, so click in the link in the show notes to apply today. Program two is for women business owners eager to learn and implement creative retirement strategies and build a legacy. If you're ready to learn how to invest in real estate and leverage your income, business, and life insurance, this program is for you you'll get access to me, my eBooks, and my new course, The Purpose of Money Maximizer, where I teach you how to leverage life insurance to invest in real estate. This is a six month program, but it will set the foundation you need to level up your business and dive into real estate investing, including investing in hotels and multifamily syndications. If you're interested, Please click on the link in the show notes and apply today. Hey guys, welcome back to the Purpose of Money podcast. Today, I'm super excited to be joined with a special guest, Adam Carroll. Adam Carroll paid off his home in record time, saving over $180,000 in interest in the process. Today, he's going to share with us his strategy on how he helps people free themselves to be themselves. Adam is a published author and has written four books. He's produced an award-winning documentary on student loan debt and has a TED Talk with over 5 million views. He's going to help people, or he is helping people, achieve true financial freedom in their lives. And more than financial freedom, Adam is also all about helping people achieve time freedom, relationship freedom, and service freedom. Adam, thank you so much for what you're doing, and welcome to the Purpose of Money podcast.
1: Well, thank you, Aquani. It's so awesome to be here, Uh, and I have mad respect for everything you're doing.
0: Oh, thank you. See, that means you did a little research on me I did, and I did a little research on you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I did indeed. Yeah. And I'm excited about this, this conversation, this topic, and partially because I know you are a student of this game.
0: Yes. And so
1: that's why we start podcasts, right? Because we want to learn ourselves. And in the process of learning, we get to teach other people. Yes. So I'm thrilled to be on with you.
0: Excellent. Me too. And I learn so much from my guests on the show, especially when we have amazing conversations. So let's hop right into it. So I I gave a little spicy introduction. I mean, $180,000 that you were able to cut off your home loan is huge. Huge. Can you tell me a little bit about what inspired you to even want to pay off your mortgage faster? And then we can talk about how you did it.
1: Yes. Uh, So and I want to start by saying this: what what I one of the things I love about your podcast and the purpose of money is that some people treat money as if it is the end, and it is truly just a means to an end. And in my world, uh, what I realized was one of the core values that I wanted to live my life by was freedom and flexibility. Two values, I guess, that go hand in hand: freedom and flexibility. And I saw my parents uh, live a life that was sort of. It it was run by payments, and I know you probably have listeners that that experience this. Like their life is just really driven by the payments that they have to make month in month out. And I realized that the two greatest expenses we have in life are taxes and the interest expense on debt. Those are the two greatest expenses that we will all occur, occur accrue throughout our lives. And if we can minimize our taxes and minimize the interest expense on debt, then we'll maximize our ability to achieve financial freedom, and ultimately flexibility, which was what I was going after. So a little bit of the backstory is, I was in the mortgage business, and I remember showing the truth in lending disclosure to every single client that I had. And our joke was, we would say, show them the number and say, this is the government's way of depressing you. And it was essentially the document that says, if you borrowed 300000 at 5% or 6% then at the end of your loan over 30 years you would pay 600,000 right or 575 or 550 or whatever the number was and i remember seeing that and it it just internalized for me over and over again like this is a boatload of money and then when you realize how amortization tables work and compound interest works i just realized there had to be a better way and so i went about looking for that which i know we'll talk about here in a bit
0: Yes, absolutely. So that's really interesting to be in the space that used to give people money to buy homes. You knew what you were doing. I mean, you had to disclose that. And that's actually what sparked you to teach people how to get out of their mortgage faster. So I want to learn more about the actual method that you use and yeah. the one that you talked about in a TED Talk that's like super popular. Yeah. Um, and you reference it as the shred method. So, you know, everyone is curious to know what is the shred method and how can I use it in my life?
1: Yes, here is the magic. The shred method um, is math. You know it has, it has no magic sauce or, or uh, we don't have to do anything super special. It really is just discipline and mathematics that we put together to, to make it work. Um, here's what it is, ultimately, Aquania. It, it is using a home equity line of credit as a checking account with a software product that runs an algorithm that, that will show you exactly how much to send and when from your HELOC to your mortgage to knock it down to zero, if that's your intent. Okay. And so what most people do, and this, this is a good way maybe to set it up, because I find that metaphors are a good way for people to understand what we're doing. If you were to leave your house in the morning and go to the grocery store, and let's say you got back at 9 a.m., knowing that you had to go to the post office at 4 p.m., would you leave your car idling in your driveway all day long?
0: No. <laughs>
1: why, why wouldn't you?
0: It would be a waste of gas, energy, not that great for the environment.
1: All of the above, right? <laughs> Someone could steal your car. I mean, all these things. And so what most people do financially is they leave their paycheck, which effectively is their car, idling in the driveway, which is their bank account, for days, weeks, and sometimes months or years on end. All the while, they're paying compound interest on these very large things like their home or their student loan balance or their cars or what have you. And homes are really where the lion's share of this interest goes, right? And this, Mm -hmm. this was, uh, this is exhibited on the truth and lending disclosure. And what we don't realize is that if you look really closely at a mortgage, the majority of the interest that you pay is when.
0: At the beginning.
1: At the very beginning, right? Like the first yeah. three to five years, you're paying 90% interest. Yeah. And how how long do people generally stay in a home? Do you have any mm-hmm. any clue?
0: I would say on average, seven, five to seven years, okay. if You're's that.
1: Spot on. 5.5 years typically is the average amount according to uh, mm-hmm. realtors and, and the, the uh, association of realtors. Yeah. Um, So if that's the case, then for the first five years of living in your home, if you refinanced it even once and reset the clock, the majority of the payments you've made to your mortgage company have gone to the mortgage company. They haven't gone to your mortgage, haven't gone to your equity. And so what I'm teaching people to do is how to reframe their home as an asset and putting more money into their home to create more equity, which translates to more liquidity, which then leads them down the path of being able to invest the way rich people invest. Mm-hmm.
0: Which Absolutely.
1: is, in candidly, it's in real estate. It's in life insurance. It's in non-traditional wholesale type investments, not retail $500 a month dollar cost averaging over time. Which you've got to invest for a really, really long time to make any money.
0: This is a, a lot of truth and I love you said one of my favorite words life insurance but we're not yeah. going to go down that path just yet <laughs> but yes you are correct in that there's a lot of ways to go about it but the essentially what you're saying is by leveraging a home equity line of credit you're giving yourself cash flow to do other investing once you've paid down your home and so tell me how long did it take you to use this method to pay down your home I know you saved 180,000 yep. in interest, but what was the time frame? Because I'd like to give people perspective. If it's yes. going to take three to five years, let's prepare you for three to five years.
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, and this is a really great question because it really depends for every single individual on your income and your expenses and how much debt you have to pay off, right? So I'll give you the raw numbers for me and then give you some examples of others that, that have done it. Um, my number was, we had $250,000 left on our mortgage when we really started using the shred method intentionally. And I say that we are using it intentionally because it became the center of our world. Like we were, we were using this model over and over and over again, every week, every month. And in, um, three point, it was about 3.5 years. We paid off 250,000. And in the process of doing that over three and a half years, it was 2012 to about 2015, late 2015. And we got to a point where we had no mortgage. We had paid the thing completely off. Um, we were running all of our income through a home equity line of credit. And we lasted for about nine to 10 months with no mortgage payment. So our mortgage payment at the time was about $1,600 a month. Mm-hmm. And when you have an extra $1,600 uh, every single month, it it creates a lot of freedom and flexibility for you, Right. And then what we did, and this may sound counterintuitive, Aquania, but we refinanced our mortgage because rates had gone so low that we were like, okay, if we can take a loan out for 3%, let's go get two hundred and fifty dollars or $300,000 out of our home, which ended up being about half of what the home was worth. And we invested that. And we invested in a number of different areas, life insurance being one of them, real estate being another. And then we proceeded to turn around and start shredding all over again. And the magic is because our income had increased through the investments and through time, we were able to shred the $300,000 in about two and a half years instead of three and a half years.
0: So not only were you able to leverage your house and create more income to invest, but then you were able to pay it back off faster the second time around potentially because you understood the strategy, you believed in it, you knew it worked. But then also realistically is because you increase your income. And sometimes that is what we need to do. I know that there's budgeting and cutting back expenses that people can do, but sometimes the solution is you need to make more money. I actually tell clients that a lot because sometimes they're thinking, oh, if I cut out my lattes and I'm like, Five dollar lattes is not gonna do it, boo. Like, yeah, yeah, like sometimes we need to make more money, and it doesn't always have to be through your job. I mean, some people maybe you want to be in a service based career, but there's always side hustles, coaching, consulting, uh, part time jobs. Uh, I talk a lot about how when I first got when I first got engaged my husband and I were determined not to have debt from our wedding. Mm-hmm. And I was in a position where I could work a part-time job at a clothing store. I had experience in retail. I yeah. hadn't done it since high school, but it was enough experience to start at a better wage and be able to work after hours. So I do my job during the day and I do retail at night and on the weekends, but that's how we didn't start our marriage with debt from a wedding. Yes, you yeah, know? so
1: smart. So smart. Game changer. It is so.
0: Yeah, I like talk, that.
1: We talk a lot about um, how much people are playing offense versus defense, and you know, you cut out lattes, okay? That's that's some defense, um, but you got to play offense too, and and that is what we're talking about: increasing your income, uh, figuring out side hustles. I'll give you a case in point. I met a young lady. She was a junior in college, and she came up to me after an event that I was speaking at. She said. Hey, I made $30,000 this last year. And I said, good for you. How'd you do it? And she said, I sold, um, I sold on Poshmark and she went after two things, quantity. She was looking for, um, uh, coat or not coat. She was looking for Gucci t-shirts and she was looking for Hunter rain boots. And so she'd go to all these resale shops and she'd pick those two things up and then turn around and she knew what she could make on Poshmark on those deals. Mm-hmm.
0: Flipping clothes. I have a client who does that too, has tons of inventory, and even has gotten into an automated process. You know, it's posted, people like, they bid, because she's also on eBay, and yeah. then it gets shipped out. It's not even that complicated to take what you know people want to buy, find nice. it at a reasonable price, and then sell it for more. Awesome. It's it's interesting and Not to go on a tangent, but USA Today actually released this week in an article that online sales are up 25%. People are at home, they are still happily shopping, and anyone in the e-commerce space is benefiting from that additional retail sales. And less people are going to the mall to find what they want because they can find it at home or on their phone from the comfort of a beach in front of the TV, Yes, (laughs) you know, and so... I am not mad at that. And to be in college at the same time and to have the time and the, you know, wherewithal to say, I can make more money. Right. All I need to do is look for a particular brand and quality product and resell it. So I actually love that. So you mentioned that you and your family, you, you had higher incomes by the second time around when you were implementing the Shred method. Um but did you also have any side hustles other than the passive income that you made from your investments and life insurance?
1: I, I consider myself a serial entrepreneur. so I've always got side hustles. Um, but I will say the majority of the income that, that I was making, you know, my wife had a, had a, has had, a, had and has a full-time job. Uh, she's a school nurse. So there really isn't time for her to do anything extra. She you know comes home, she's cashed from the day. Uh, for me, I do a, a fair amount of speaking, and for me, the majority of my income is either made through that, through mm-hmm. consulting, and now through shred, and then the sort of the fourth level of income is through investments that we make through the life insurance and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, you, uh, you know, to answer your question very directly, one of my side hustles is writing and publishing, and creating intellectual property and content that I resell. So. I like to consider some of my rental properties, the books that I've written that just they sell on Amazon. We sell them in bulk at speaking gigs. It's just another income stream. And I'll tell you, this is one of my favorite quotes. It came from a a motivational speaker I listened to years ago. But he said, if you're going to be wealthy, if you're going to be financially free, you have to have massive, passive, permanent streams of income. And, And that's what I've tried to create all the way along that have helped. You know, candidly, they helped the shred method, but but they've helped us live the life that we're accustomed to living
0: today. Absolutely. And I can agree with that. I really like that. Massive, passive, permanent, permanent streams of wealth. I love that. Yeah. And we always talk about multiple streams of income, multiple streams of income, but it's not just about creating multiple streams of income, it's really leveraging what you already know. And I'm sure your books are about subjects that you're an expert on. You have the background to talk about. You're confident. You know what you're doing. And you're just sharing your story with others. Like that literally... So many people can do that. They have a story to tell. They have a lesson they've learned. They have a technique that they have perfected and they could easily teach other people. But I also like the fact that you're leveraging that to get into the speaking engagements or utilizing the speaking engagement as an opportunity to share your book. So you're not just depending on Amazon to sell your book or someone else to take a share when they're sharing it on their platform. So that's actually really helpful too. And I have interviewed authors in the past. Um, I'll make sure to include some links to those episodes in the show notes because one of the authors puts out like little short stories every couple of months, and that makes money for her on a consistent basis. So you can do it in several different ways. And she's pursuing her hobby, essentially, um, but also her passion. So I definitely want to encourage individuals, if you are looking for ways to make additional income and you have a story to tell, why not start with publishing books? That's a great idea. So we talked a little bit about the Shred Method and how you leveraged a home equity line of credit to really get your mortgage down to zero, not once, but twice. So for those that are not quite familiar with this strategy, but they may be familiar with the term infinite banking, can you help um, my listeners understand what are the differences or even if these are the same thing? I just want to make sure they're clear on what infinite banking is and the SHRED method and whether or not they can do it for themselves.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is a great question. So they are different. Uh The shred method, in my opinion, what the shred method allows you to do is to get to infinite banking uh, that much faster. And I'll describe the difference between the two and what they're both, what they could be known as. Um, So they're marketed and sort of uh, promoted, I guess would be a good way to describe it under different terms. The shred method sometimes has been called velocity banking, or velocity banking is a is an offshoot of what we do. Um, there's another term called the Australian mortgage, which is what the shred method is. So if someone's out there wants to do the research, any of those are somewhat interchangeable. The shred method, from from my perspective, Aquania, is the way that we can create equity, we can increase and improve the efficiency of your cash flow on a month by month basis. What that does is it makes infinite banking more possible. And infinite banking is sometimes called bank on yourself. It's called infinite banking. It's called investment optimization sometimes. But the the core of it is that you're using overfunded cash value life insurance in order to build your own bank of money that when it's time for you to go buy a car or invest in real estate or pay for school or buy a duplex or whatever it may be, that you've got money you can borrow from. You've got this pot of money that you can borrow from easily without a banker's approval. And this is the magic in it. You get to decide when, how, and if it's paid back. And this is really important when, how, and if. So imagine borrowing money for a vehicle. And instead of going to a bank or a credit union and saying, I want to borrow 40,000 and they say, cool, you owe us six fifty a month for the next five years. Now you're saying, I'm going to borrow 40000 from this infinite banking policy. Basically, I'm going to bank on my own money. And I get to decide when that money is paid back, how it's paid back. And the if it's paid back is kind of interesting because what we ultimately want to do is we want to get that money put back in so we can redeploy it again. Um, But it's so much more powerful when we can borrow money for an investment and then decide how much the payments are, when the payments are made, how we put them back in and get the advantage of the fact that these policies have a death benefit to them. And they have other advantages. Like if I go into, I have to go into a nursing home at some point, I've got a rider that covers this long-term care that's super expensive. Um, so there's all sorts of added benefits to using the, the infinite banking policy. Um, they're very, they are two separate things. The Shred Method and Infinite Banking, but I think they go hand in hand in terms of creating lifelong wealth and freedom and flexibility over time.
0: Are you an entrepreneur who needs help setting up your business? Maybe you need help understanding which entity you should establish. Should you be an LLC? Should you be a S Corp? Or maybe you're not sure where to get your tax identification number or how to get your DUNS number so you can start to build business credit. I have the perfect solution for you. My business setup package You'll get a domain, professional email, getting your website going, and even some tools to help you set up your business. But most importantly, you're going to have someone help you set up your entity, virtual address, business telephone number, branding, and other operating expenses. I don't want the process of setting up your business to stop you from starting today. So feel free to check out bit.ly forward slash B-I-Z-L-L-C setup to get started with your business setup package today. Yes. This is like my love language. Oh, good. Did I
1: describe that? Okay <laughs> I, you?
0: Yes, you described it so well. Yeah. It was it was broken down. It's understandable. But it's also what I had been talking about for a really long time. But I just feel like sometimes I'm the only one out there singing the song and no one I else hear, knows the words. I, I hear you, girl. And now you. you're like, oh, I know the melody, the harmony. <laughs> 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 but yes, this is so amazing because... I have continued and I will continue to do so um, educate individuals on the power of life insurance and how you can use it to create your own bank. You can use the living benefits to help you really pay for medical costs so that you don't have to liquidate your retirement savings and your personal savings and your investments because an unexpected condition has now come up and impacted your quality of life. I love how you basically are setting the terms. You have the power, you have the control. And I'm not just saying that because I sell life insurance, but I'm saying that because I used $40,000 in a life insurance policy to start my journey in real estate. And that is my true story. is how I knew to leverage it. And I, I didn't always know that, but I knew at 25 when I got the policy and my husband and I were deciding to get married, we wanted to protect each other. So yeah. we did get the policy under the purpose of life insurance, which is, is to provide for your surviving spouse if something happens. Yep. So we knew what we were buying, but we took advantage of the fact that we were young and healthy. We had the income that we could put into the policy and we had time to sort of let the money grow and figure out how do we want to leverage it in the future. And all the stars aligned and we were able to just really go I don't want to say hard in the paint, but, you know, like just go down into the strategy and make it work for us because we found the right opportunities and we just were able to knock them out. So I always tell people this story, you know, 2016 was the pivotal year for us because we invested in three different properties in like eight months, you know, Um, and that really sparked the interest, the enthusiasm. I'd already been interested in real estate. We had already had rentals before, yeah. but before it was like, this is the house we're living in and we're moving out. Let's turn it into a rental. But 2016 was like, we are going to leverage this money and get multiple properties and help people at two. Cause one of the properties was to help my mother-in-law secure her living Situation in retirement, which was something that we were worried. You know, if we don't secure a place to live for her now, she's going to have a rising cost in retirement that she may not be able to maintain. So let's lock in her real estate and let's help her in any way we can. So it was a blessing to be able to do that to help other people to secure two properties and to make sure my mother in law had a place to live. Now, I will say I've progressed. When we decided to kind of branch out and get out of state real estate in 2016, I did have my experiences and said, you know what, rentals is nice. I like the cash flow. I like the experience, but I don't like toilets and tenants. (laughs) I don't like maintenance, but I appreciated the opportunity to learn. And I needed that opportunity to know that, hey, I like to invest in real estate, but maybe direct contact or even with property managers, rentals is not for me. So Mm -hmm. I I did it for two years and then I sold off some of the property and we still have one rental left. But then I got into passive real estate. And so I've been trying to tell people that what I like about my experience is it didn't discourage me from investing in real estate because I saw Mm -hmm. the power, I saw the cash flow, I knew that it worked, but it gave me the Enthusiasm to continue to look for other ways to invest in real estate yep. that do require more capital. But because I set myself on the right path early, I had the capital to pull the trigger on bigger deals. So, yes. you know, now I'm in multifamily syndications, I'm in hotel investing, both produce cash flow, yes. but now I don't have to deal with toilets, tenants, maintenance, repairs, phone calls. Month to month bills, none of that.
1: Beautiful thing.
0: (laughs) And I like it. And everyone is like, how do you get into that? And I'm like, it starts with getting your money right. At the end of the day, it really has to be disciplined, like you said. You oh, decide yeah. you're going to pay down debt, you're going to create extra cash flow, you're going to invest it, you're going to leverage those investments so that you can do other things. And so, I have utilized life insurance, the stock market, regular savings. You know, you got to yeah. have your emergency fund. And just looking at what's around me, you know, like what can I be doing to lower my taxable income, too? So, I'm investing in kids college funds to lower my state taxes. You know, like whatever it is that I can do to take advantage of maximizing my income, minimizing my taxes. So I really like this. This has been an awesome conversation on the shred method and infinite banking. I've never had anyone on the show talk about these topics before, but I do talk about them a lot myself. And I, you know, you're a living example, just like me. You use the strategy in your own life, it worked. It worked for you twice. (laughs) So now you're telling other people about it. But I also want to present people the realistic perspective. that there are some cons to things that we do, right? So what are some of the cons to infinite banking? Are there any?
1: The cons to infinite banking, here's what I typically see, Aquania. There are folks out there who are selling infinite banking as an investment tool. um, And it really is more of a process, right? Infinite banking is not a product, it's a process, so you could you could overfund cash value life insurance and just let the money sit in there as as capital right just in the in the account in the policy but it's not really intended to be built that way the the purpose of building an infinite banking account which is an overfunded cash value policy is that you are deploying those funds into other cash generation methods um and there's there's a big difference when Going back a number of years, this all started with a guy named R. Nelson Nash, who wrote a book called Becoming Your Own Banker. And in the book, he touted, you know, if all you did was buy your own car, buy a car through your own infinite banking policy, and you did that every three or five years and you just repaid it back, you could grow your policy to a a massive amount. I don't disagree with that, but there are savvier ways of, of using the infinite banking policy. Which you have alluded to. So, do you mind if I like run through a scenario that would show, please, exactly how this would work? Yes. So, if someone, let's say that you've got twenty-five-year-old Aquani is looking at buying a duplex. Let's say, so you and your husband, very savvy, you save up three and a half percent down. You get an FHA, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, low money down deal, and you get into this duplex. So, you've got. Let's say a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars a month in rent coming in from the other side. And you leverage the shred method. So you're making decent money as 25 year olds. You get a little bit extra from rent and you use shred. Mm-hmm. And what typically within somewhere between two and five years, you can shred the entire mortgage if you wanted to. But we're going to do a little bit different. You're going to do it for about 18 to 24 months. You're going to shred the mortgage to build equity in the property. And as you build equity in the property, your HELOC, home equity line of credit, grows right because you start out you don't have much equity, but after a year you'll have pretty good equity. It might be fifty or hundred thousand dollars in equity in that property. After twenty-four months, you might have as much as one hundred fifty or two hundred thousand dollars in equity in that property, and now you've got let's say a hundred thousand dollar line of credit. Well, what we then do is look at an infinite banking policy, and say why don't you put fifty thousand dollars in premium in that policy, right? So it's 50,000 a year, which some people go 50,000 a year is a huge amount. And I don't disagree. It's a big amount of money, but you're going to put it in there and you have the opportunity to either pull it right back out again and pay down the line of credit you just borrowed from, or you can leave it there, or you could take 50 and put it into a syndication at an eight or 9% return annually. So when you do that, it's going to increase your cash flow, which allows you to continue shredding faster. The next year, we had another $50,000 premium. We put it in there. Now we have $100,000 that effectively you had access to in that policy. And we just keep doing that over and over and over again. And before long, the entire HELOC is going to be shredded. The mortgage will be shredded on the duplex. And you have the option of either refinancing and taking out $200,000. And going into another syndication at 8 or 9% you know, annual. Um, and the more we do this, the longer we do this, it just adds to the cash flow, to the uh, wealth accumulation. Uh, we, we minimize the amount of debt that we're paying, the interest we're paying on the debt. And if someone's doing this really effectively, you do this two, three, four times over the course of 10 years, you're going to have enough passive income coming in that you're likely going to be Financially free because your expenses are so low, right? You've figured out how the cash flow works through the system. And at that point, you have created what we call um, a situation of being financial money irrelevancy, where money is no longer relevant to you in your life. Um, so we just like to your point, we have to create consistency, we have to have some discipline. And where things can go off the rails is if someone is seeing this. HELOC that's available. And they're like, cool, now I'm going to go buy a boat and a jet ski. And, you know, that truck that I've had my eye on and whatever else. We got to have a long-term outlook on what we're building. Because you will be able to create a point in time where you can have anything you want in life. You just can't have it in the first year or first two years.
0: Yes, that is key. And so um, I always tell people that first 12 months before that, Real return hits, it's essential that you stick to the strategy.
1: Yeah.
0: And understand and remember what the strategy is. It's so it's so sad when I see people who are like, I don't know what I bought. I think I remember, I don't, I I, I just don't know what to do. I'm stuck. So I just quit. And I'm like, what? No, you were almost there. You were literally yes. on the right path. So that's important. But I have another one that. I don't, you know, I know people don't like to think about, but at the end of the day, we are leveraging life insurance. Yeah. So one thing you have to remember is life insurance, no matter what type of insurance it is, will still be based on your health, your age, your hobbies, your habits, right? Yes. But mostly your health and your age. So that is a key. It, it You do have to be Maybe not the healthiest person in the world, but you should have a pretty good health history so that you can get the policy at reasonable rates. So the strategy can really work for you because if you're not insurable, you can't do the strategy. Totally. Um, But that's something that most of the time is not an issue, especially if you're doing it at a younger age or at a time when you're healthy or you have good habits. You can get qualified and then you can leverage the strategy and follow the process. Um, The other thing I noticed is people don't stick to the plan. And that's not a fault of the strategy. That's a fault of the person. But that's something where coaching really helps. If you follow your coach and kind of stick to the plan, ask questions at any point in the process where you're confused, just Sit down and go over it again. I'm really careful about how I explain things. And when I don't explain it to your understanding, I always try to explain it again in a different way because sometimes it could be you're a visual learner and you need to see it. Or, you know, maybe you understand it through analogies and I need to use that. But that's the other thing I've noticed is a lot of people... They get their ears perk up when they hear infinite banking, financial freedom, this Mm -hmm. vehicle to do more for myself, but then they don't listen to the details. Right. And then they, or they do business with the wrong product. Yes. Because they just heard cash value, life insurance. Okay, let me go home and try to do this. Instead Mm. of working with the person who's done it and is telling you about it
1: and i want to touch on that because you you know this model you know this this industry you're you're obviously knowledgeable about all of it what i've seen some people do is they will sell and you're exactly right they'll sell this as like the end all be all product and and what i've seen in a number of cases is as i'm going through and trying to help someone use shred as an example and and i'll go through their monthly bills and i see a month, that has to go out to a life insurance policy. And what it does is it adds additional stress to them that they now have this big nut to crack every single month when it it may actually be one step premature because they could do a $25,000 a year premium if they were leveraging the shred method in advance, because then they could have a bigger premium and have more money in that policy sooner. Um, so there are sometimes we're putting the cart before the horse with some people and agents may get, get really aggressive on what the premium is going to be because it could have a really nice commission attached to it. It, Someone could say they want to do it, but in the end has a job loss or uh, a break in income somehow, or they're just not prepared to do what is required to make this work. So I do agree. I think you have to have, have a healthy level of of uh, caution going into it and work with someone who really understands how to set up infinite banking and a policy like this to work for their particular situation.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's key. And just being patient because one thing you said, and but I want to kind of touch on a little bit more, is knowledge is power. But you don't have to rush to execute all the knowledge you have, right? There are phases to our journeys, especially financial journeys. And we have to give ourselves grace that maybe we're not able to execute that strategy on the very next day that we learned it. But we can plant the seed. We can work on paying down our debt. We can get our bills under control. We can make more money. And then when we have all of these things in place that we really need to execute the strategy well, that's when we pull the trigger. And so there could be a possibility where you might need six months to clean some things up, to knock out some debt, to figure out strategically, what are you going to attack first? And how are you going to responsibly be able to do it? Because I would hate for someone to invest, you know, to get a life insurance policy like you said that they can't really afford and now they're stressed about paying this policy and then they're not fully executing the strategy in the way that it was intended because they were so anxious to just jump right in. Yeah. So, I think that's key and I, you know, I love this conversation and where we've been able to go and kind of share because these are strategies that I know wealthy people are using and a lot of communities are just not aware of them. They weren't taught to think this way. You know, mm-hmm. so many people were raised in a household where it was all about the bills you had to pay and you living off of what's left. Yes. And that is not the life that I want to live and anyone should have to live, right? So I love it. So Adam, this has been really awesome. And I want to thank you for your time. But before you go, I have to ask you my signature question. Let's hear it. The name of the podcast is called The Purpose of Money. So I would love to know what is your purpose for money?
1: Oh man, this is a great, so I've been thinking about this question because I've listened to a number of your shows and I'm always like the purpose of money for me. I, I view money a little bit differently than most in that money for me and the purpose of it, certainly right now in my lifetime when my kids are still at home is to build experiences for my family that keep my family really tight. So, you know, as an example, I love. I love doing Saturday breakfasts. So like, let's go out as a family and just have a big old family brunch or breakfast. Cause it's, it's all, we're, we're tight, we're together, we're communicating, we're having fun, we're laughing. Um, and and another case in point, I took a month long vacation in 2019, uh, with my family. We went to Italy for, for the better part of four weeks and it was just, it was awesome. And for me, that is the purpose of money to build memories and experience and closeness and bonding. Um, it's not about stuff for me. It's, it's about the experiences.
0: Man. I tell you, if I didn't know any better, I think you were my BFF because <laughs> <laughs> you know everything about me. I am the queen of trips and experiences and My family has now, my family and my extended family now refuse to travel without me. They always want my itinerary, my ideas, make it happen because I will land in a country, rent a car, explore the roads, see everything, do everything, and take tons of pictures. And so it is on my bucket list to take the summer off. You know, I want to go summer somewhere, yes. um, but I would love to do a month or two months and just really get to explore somewhere. And Italy is a great place to do it. I lived in Italy for a year. I can tell you it's a fabulous place to eat a lot of great food, gain weight easily mm. and enjoy your life. So
1: <laughs> where did you live? Where were I lived in
0: Bologna. Bologna. Have okay. you been to Bologna? It's uh-
1: so I have not. Bologna okay. is one of the places on my list, though. Okay. Um, we were in Sorrento for for the for that month.
0: Oh, see, and to be able to spend a month in one place, it's like you almost become a local. Not, yeah. you know, like you get to figure out the favorite store and the street and that oh. neighborhood and.
1: Michelle's was our favorite pizza place. Yes. We had that at least four or five times. Yeah, it was just. And amazing.
0: you know, in Italy, there's no such thing as a quick dinner. So I'm sure you sat down and four hours later, maybe two, um, they they're so friendly and they bring you the limoncello to have with the dessert. They want to yes. talk about the ingredients and the food. And you're like, where did my day go? Yes. <laughs> so I love that. But that is definitely... Um, how I live life. And also one of my purposes for money is to provide memorable lifetime experiences because life is short and you can't take all this money with you, but you can definitely use it to make an impact and to serve others. So Adam, thank you so much for being on the Purpose of Money podcast. I cannot wait. When this episode comes out, guys, I want you to leave a comment, leave a five-star review, and definitely contact Adam if you want to learn more. Check out his books. I'll make sure to include links to his social media platforms, his TED Talk, and how you can connect with him in the show notes. And I encourage you, Adam, to say hello to my listeners when they reach out.
1: I will do that, Iquani. You're the best. Thank you.
0: All right. Thank you so much. Hey guys, you know how it goes. Until next time, keep building generational wealth. Thank you for listening to the Purpose of Money podcast. For more resources and information, check out my website, thepurposeofmoney.com. And while you're there, please sign up for our newsletter so you have the latest information on new episodes and blog posts. Until next time, keep creating freedom in your life today.